What's up, everybody? Josh Belcher here. I've got a new episode of the podcast, but before we get started, wanted to let you know we did a name change. We're now called Josh Belcher Uncharted. Uh, the reason we decided to go with that name is because every time we go out on an adventure, interview somebody, we're truly going into uncharted territory. And we still got the same team, same dreams, same concept. Still interviewing the finest folks the universe has to offer in the realm of entertainment, music, comedy, etc. Um, and without further ado, here is the first episode under the new name, the new moniker, Josh Belcher Uncharted. And I really hope you enjoy it, as this one is a salute to all of our veterans. Veterans Day is coming up, and nothing makes me more proud than to give honor and support all the women and men in uniform. So here we go. God bless America. Hats off to you. Salute our vets. Salute our troops. Let's rock and roll. This week on our Salute to Veterans podcast, we have the greatest American patriot to ever play the fiddle, the living, breathing legend himself, Charlie Daniels is on the phone telling us his thoughts on all of our service men and women who fight to keep us free right here in America. CDB baby, coming up next on Josh Belcher Uncharted. Mr. Charlie Daniels, uh, you know, doing a salute uh, for Veterans Day for this week's podcast, and, and you have always, uh, you know, been a champion of them and, and, and taken good care of them, and I figured who better to speak to than... Uh, you know, one of the coolest human beings on earth. Uh, could you discuss with us your, your passion for veterans and 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 what you do to, uh, you know, to uh, show support to them? I would be honored to. Uh, I let me give you a little background first of all. I was born in 1936, and so when the when First World War started, I was not Second World War. I'm quite that old. Uh, Second <laughs> World War started. I was five years old. So during my formative years, from the time I was five till I was ten. We're during the Second World War, and I learned. I lived in a seacoast town. We had we had cargo ships sunk just off our coast by German submarines. Oh, wow. It was very very close to us, and we, you know, we lived it. It was the days before mass communications were had grown. We had no TV, and of course, no satellite technology and that sort of thing. And we never knew what the enemy might try to bring the the battle on on shore. But we always knew that there was. That they the the troops were out there between us and them, and that they were going to take care of us. And I, I say this on stage every night: the only two things that protect America is the grace of Almighty God and the United States military. Yes, sir. And <laughs> we just can never do enough for our veterans or our Gold Star families, for that matter. They sometimes I think they pay the biggest price of all. And mm-hmm. I am so into you know trying to to do what we can for them, and we got an organization called the Journey Home Project. And uh, yes, sir. We raise money and try to, you know, to parcel it out to, of course, we can't take care of all the needs. We have to pick the ones we consider to be most uh, needful and worthy. But uh, we're we're there for them as much as we can be. And uh, mm-hmm. we've also, another thing, trying to raise awareness to the fact that the veterans have a lot of trouble. The one of the things that we've noticed is that the vets, the, the the people who are tasked, the agencies that are tasked with taking care of our veterans are all bureaucracies. Mm-hmm. And just by nature, bureaucracies operate like walking in fresh tar. It's just slow. <laughs> well, the the needs are immediate. 
I mean, people mm-hmm. need something today. They need a they need a medical care. They need a schooling. They need gosh, we had one guy needs a bicycle ride to work. You know. Oh yes, sir. And but they need that today. They can't wait for three months and fill out everything in triplicate and go downtown five times and see somebody to do it. That's and that's it. what we try to do. We try to. You know, find the the most immediate needs and, and take care of them as best we can. Mm-hmm. And, and and nobody does it better than you. And, and like I said, there's nobody I respect more on earth than than the men and women who 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 lay it down for us to enjoy our freedoms right here in America. Oh yeah, so, totally, totally um, agree with you. Another thing, uh, and since I got you on here, you're my favorite person to follow on Twitter because you just tell it all like <laughs> it is. Don't throw it out there, but. Um, I was at Gibson yesterday, and they they did a little program. Uh, they were helping uh, uh, guitars for veterans, you know, to kind uh-huh. of give them an activity. Uh-huh. And they mentioned the same thing you mentioned, and it's astronomical uh, throughout the day how many veterans uh, take their own lives. I just couldn't believe it. Twenty-two a day. Yes, sir. Twenty-two Declining. every day. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's it's just astounding. It's just, but you know, getting it. That's that's one of the things. Like like they they being involved in that and it's. A, a group of songwriters in Nashville that we support, they've started a thing called, it's a song thing. It's, and they get veterans literally that maybe have no experience in writing, and they, they sit down and write a song with them. Oh, wow. And it, it it's kind of a cathartic thing for the veterans because a lot of times they'll talk about how they're feeling and what they, you know, what they're, what's on their mind and, and all. It's been a very successful program, but it's something that would the government would never do. You know, it would be beneath their their scope to do that. So that's where groups like us and Shepherd's Man and Wounded Warriors and all of these little outfits that, that take up the cause, that's where we fit in. We kind of fill in the cracks, and there's so many cracks. This thing about veterans committing suicide, 22 of them a day, it, that is totally unacceptable. It's got to oh, yeah. be something done about that. And Even there's a lot one. of people trying. Yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. It just it, it floored me, and then I saw, you know, you posted that. Tweet and I thought that's just it just it just breaks your heart because you don't want anybody to take their life, let no. alone somebody that's put their lives on the line for us. You know they they ship them everywhere and anywhere. So yeah, definitely. <clears throat> well, sir, like I said, I just wanted to cover vets and I know you got a lot of irons in the fire. You got the, you know your book just turned a year old, which I love it. You know the the one where you put all your tweets in there, and then you've got. Uh, Ever look at the empty seats, a Bo Weevil album, and just was you still touring about 110, 120 dates a year? I think we do 110 this year. Wow. That's what we're looking at right now. <laughs> but I love it. I just yes, thank sir. God I can do it. But you've always been my hero, and uh, it's hard to believe that it's been 40 plus years that you went down to Georgia and uh, kicked the devil's butt in a fiddling contest. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, it really was a thrill of my day to speak with you. I'm going to let you go, and, and thank you for helping support our troops, and uh, and God bless you, sir. God bless you, Josh. Thank you, buddy. You have a good one. All right, All right. bye. Bye-bye. Starting the podcast here at Gibson Custom, sitting here with Sam Madewell, Guitars for Vets. What do you think about being in the custom shop looking at all this uh, pre-made Gibson stuff? It's amazing. Uh, all different kinds of woods in here. Uh, Gibson top of the line. They know how to do it. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. We're excited. We've got the uh, got a lot of veterans here with Guitars for Vets, and then Sully Erna from Godsmack. Oh, yeah. Excited to hear what he has to say. Yeah. <laughs> think he's gonna have to offer. So, what do you think about this? What she was telling us. Uh, you you brought up some valid points. This nineteen thousand guitar strings. What's the story with that? Do you know anything else other than that? 
why they didn't answer me, Sam? I don't know. Uh, just to try to help out, I would assume maybe uh, sending them off to all the, the vets who yeah. uh, signed up to have the guitar. Yeah, very beautiful guitar. Some of them, they, they got the camo green. And like I said, nothing I respect more than vets, and there's no bigger deal than to donate and try to give back for the people that, uh, right. yeah, that uh, sacrificed so that we have freedom here in the uh, greatest country in the world that we love. And uh, you know, very thank you this Veterans Day podcast salute. Uh, we'll give you more details as it goes on. Right now we're just kind of mingling with people, uh, kind of observing. Just wanted to comment a little bit on it, and uh, we'll get back here in a little bit. Signing off. Yes. While at Gibson Custom Shop, we got to speak with Gibson artist and Godsmack frontman Sully Erna. He's partnering with Gibson and honoring the vets with Guitars for Vets to give back musically to the men and women that served our country. And here's Sully. Say first of all, thank you. Uh, uh, you know, a band of your magnitude, how much you've meant to all of us to, to donate your time for the vets, and, and what you said was so inspiring. And just if you could just give us a soundbite and tell us, you know, what what you know, you, you iterated pretty good there, but like what it means to you to, to donate and give back actually to people that fought and served for our country. You, you know, it's probably one of the greatest gifts we can have, be, besides the gift of music, to be able to give that back to the people that have proven themselves to be the true men and women of our country, the, the people that have defended us, allowed us to live freely, and, um, and protected us all these years to allow us to be able to do what we do for a living and what we do to make us happy. Um, and so I couldn't be more honored, again, to, to not only be a part of this event with Gibson, because I'm so proud of this company, but I really am proud of our country and our, our the, the women and men of the U.S. Armed Forces that um, get up every day and, and allow us to, to live freely and do what we love to do. Absolutely. Like, you know, simple things like enjoying your music. <laughs> you know, these people got laid on the line so guys like us can enjoy it. And it just means a lot. And really, you know, a guy like me as a fan of yours to see, you know, take time out of your busy schedule to uh, to provide for the troops. Just thank you for your time as well. It's really thank awesome. You. Yeah, thank of you course. for doing it. Yeah, no worries, man. Truly the biggest honor for Sam Madewell and I being at Gibson as they were donating to Guitars for Vets was meeting veteran Pete Nugris. Now Pete was a recent graduate of Guitars for Vets. It was an honor for us to get to speak with you. Thank you again Pete for our freedom and serving our country. He was giving a beautiful custom made Gibson guitar. It was just a thrill to speak with him and here's that interview. All right, first of all, you know, it's an honor to be with you. I'll shake your hand again. Thank, Thank you, you for your service, and, you know, we're doing a veteran salute. And if you could just talk a little bit about, I know, you know, we've already had a pre-discussion, but just what you guys are doing is just a great thing, uh, you know, sharing your talents and, and, and just bringing the joy of music for everybody. If you could just kind of give us a little bit more information about it. Well, I was one of the students that actually just went through the program. So, um, and then afterwards, we actually kind of still play together, a small group of us. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, they're giving us the opportunity to one learn a new skill and be creative which is you know generally that's not something that goes hand in hand with the military lifestyle is creativity unless you know you're predisposed to it and then uh, you know and just some type of skill that we can build on for you know the rest of our lives as long as we're doing it and kind of get out of our heads which is another big aspect of it when did this start 
Uh, I'm, I'm not sure when the guitar provide started because I, I just got through the class about a, three weeks ago, and so it's a 10-week program, and then at the end of it, they, we received a good an acoustic guitar. We completed it, and uh, so, as I said, it's something that we can just keep doing. Now, now, prior to that, uh, did you play any instruments? Were you a guitarist? No, I was not a musical person, and, um, you know, and that kind of came through <laughs> during the lessons, but, uh, you know, I'm picking it up, and I like to tell myself I should have started young. Younger, but you know, never too late. Never yeah, too late. never too late. And and people of all ages, veterans of all ages, are part of the program, all genders, and um, and it's just a great thing that they do for us. And then you know, the instructors volunteering their time is a huge deal to us, and we, we all really appreciate it. Yeah. And uh, once again, like I said, thank you so much for your service. But as a as someone that served our country, uh, do you feel hand, hands on as completing the course that this is helping you through whatever experiences you had prior? Most definitely, because it's it's definitely like a form of meditation when uh, you're practicing, you know, even at the most basic level, and uh, the, the little bits of improvements are something that's constructive for us and, you know, helps us maintain, bring down our anxiety and things like that, cool. and as I said, get out of our heads, which is another big thing that we need to do. What, what, guitar, what guitarist are you Are you uh, inspired by? Who's <laughs> favorites? Yeah, yeah, there you go. Who are you going to play like? Who am I going to play like? Yeah. <laughs> it's still too early. It's still too early. Yeah. It's still too early. I just need to keep doing get, it. Keep doing it. Yeah. Practice. Yep. I've been practicing every day. And, you know, small improvements a little at yep. a time. And, you know, yeah. that's kind of where I'm at right well, thank, now. Thank you again, sir. God bless yep. you. It is an honor. It. Also, while Sam Madewell and I were visiting the Gibson Guitars Custom Shop, we got to speak with Gibson Chief Merchant Officer Caesar Geiken. Really cool guy. Had on a crushed uh, velvet, like camouflage jacket. Super awesome. He talks with us about why it's important to give back to the vets and give them support through music. That's coming up next. part of it, but um, the, the, uh, the vets over there told us that this is really shaping them and like giving them something to take their minds away from things. I mean, that must make you feel awesome to know that, that not only this, you know, this Nashville-based business that we're so proud of, it's making a difference and it's like really helping these guys. I think I, I couldn't think of a better uh, way to honor them than with, you know, Made in USA, custom shop, craftsmanship, the pinnacle of Gibson for something that matters so much to all of us in the USA. Yeah, it's beautiful. Right, so it's the gift of music. It's something that will hopefully get all of our veterans to think about music and not think about other things that, you know, could not be good for them. And, uh, you know, Patrick summarized it very well. I mean, it's a, it's a big problem. Suicide is a very big problem. And if we can give the gift of music through our guitars, through our custom shop guitars, which are made in USA, and that saves lives, that's that's the best part of my job. Yeah, it's awesome. You guys do it well. Well, thank you for taking the time to talk with me. Like I said, that's an amazing jacket. I like it. It's very groovy. Thank you, sir. Thank you had a question? No, I'm, I'm saying by the way. Next up on our Salute to Veterans podcast is stand-up comedian Tom Tram. He's a U.S. Army combat veteran, Purple Heart recipient. The man was shot in the back of the head and lived to tell the tale. Uh, he's also the creator of G.I.s of Comedy. That's where him and his comedy troupe, full of veterans, go around the globe entertaining troops. Uh, he's also a podcaster and all-around hilarious, well-rounded human being. 
It was an honor to talk to him and thank him for his service to our country. We're interviewing him right now on Josh Belcher Uncharted. So Tom Tran, uh, stand-up comedian, uh, U.S. Army combat veteran, Purple Heart recipient. First of all, it's an honor to have you on the podcast for our Veterans Day special. Uh, thank you for taking the time. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me on. How are you? How's Tennessee? Tennessee is cold and dreary, and uh, right now we're California dreaming on such a winter's day. <laughs> but Well, California's um, been on fire for like two weeks, so I don't know what <laughs> you're having right now. Yeah, it's just today was just it's just so dreary and like every five feet there's a car wreck. But you know, bless them all. Hope everybody's okay. Um, but anyway, just like I said, uh, doing a lot of Veterans Day stuff, and, and no, nobody I respect more try to give honor to than our uh, men and women who serve our country. And you know, I, I looked you up, man. You just tickled my funny bone. You've got a lot of stuff going on. Uh, you know, you've served us, thank you. But you're you're turning all of that into more awesome stuff all your comedy stuff so if you could kind of like just tell us you know start out with gi's a comedy and just touring in general i guess yeah so i uh i was wounded uh during my deployment in iraq in 2003 um public knowledge uh i retired medically 2005 went back to my hometown um had a lot of the same problems a lot of guys and girls have once they come home from uh combat and um the only thing I mean, the short answer is the only thing that really has ever helped post-combat life has been comedy. Like, I, I play music, and, you know, that, that helps things. But, you know, I've seen doctors, I've seen therapists, I, I do all the stuff they tell you to do. But comedy is the only thing that's really helped me personally. And, um, you know, I, I, I decided comedy healed my soul and if they could do it for me, then I wanted to do it for other, other soldiers and other veterans. And, um, I had the opportunity to meet some other veterans who were also comedians back in 2010, after I won the, uh, Bob Hope USO search for the funniest comedian or veteran or whatever it was contest. I should know what it is because I won it three times. Right on. Hey, still um, a big deal. <laughs> And uh, actually, after the third time, they're like, can't do this anymore. <laughs> like, let somebody else do it. Yeah. Um, so I, I met some other comics and I was like, hey, I've, you know, when when my mission as a soldier ended, I needed another mission. I think that's what a lot of us need when we leave the military or we leave this life that we've known. I was like, I need another mission. And that was to go perform downrange for other other service members. Mm-hmm. So I created the GIs of comedy with that specific goal in mind. Um, it was it was never to be rich or famous, none of which I am. So that, yeah. that worked out. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, I do get to tour. And we, since I created the group in 2010, we've performed in over 20 countries. And I, by the end of this year, it'll be 40 plus states that we will have performed in and 20 plus countries uh, to service members all over the world. And, it's the it's the most gratifying part of my career. I mean, I can, I'm, you know, I'm a regular at the Laugh Factory here in Los Angeles, and, and I, I do TV stuff, and that's all fine and good. That's fun, but when it when it, when it comes to down to brass tacks, you know, the thing I want to do is keep serving other soldiers and other service members and other veterans, and I get to do that literally for a living. Like I get to travel around the world telling jokes to to other service members. Man, that's amazing, dude. My hat's off to you. I mean, on, on top of being hilarious, which is you are, and, and just giving back. Like I said, I, 
I never served, but like I said, I, there's nothing I wouldn't do uh, for servicemen and women. I, I've tried to help as, as any way I can. I just love what you've got going on, and it, and it really does. It, it's got to help tremendously to, to get a laugh, especially what I think is great about it with the GIs is that, um, and you had mentioned it in a couple of things I've watched or listened to, but, um, you know, uh, servicemen and women relate to others the best. So if they hear you up there talking about something, they're probably going to gravitate towards it a lot better. So I just thought that was really awesome. Yeah, I mean, that's comedy in general. I mean, most people enjoy the comedians they enjoy because whatever they say is real and it touches them. Yeah. Um, and I think the most the most important thing about this group is that, yeah, we can we can relate to vets because we're vets, but we're also – you know, fathers and husbands and brothers and nerds and sports guys. Not me. I'm not a sports guy. Yeah. But <laughs> um, I, I dig hockey. So uh, yeah, right you know, on. We can, if we can, whoever we are telling jokes to, whether they're civilians or service members or veterans, we can relate to all of them. It's just, you know, if you're a hockey fan and I tell a joke about hockey, you're going to get it a little it, it's gonna it's it's gonna hit you a little harder than it hits other. It's got to be funny yeah. to you know more than seventy percent of the room, or then it's just you know it's not a joke. It's just some, something you say. Mm-hmm. But you know what's what's great about this group is that we can relate to uh, you know, to everyone. Yeah, absolutely, and, and it does. It, it appeals to everybody because, like you know. Uh, you watched a couple of your videos and some of the stuff you went through, and then uh, without giving it away, there's a bit, and I, like it literally had me just cracking up out loud, like literally laughing out loud. The 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 Ronald Reagan part, and I'll just leave it at that. But that is the dude, that's yeah. great. That is killer. Yeah, and it's a true story. And the thing is, it's not you know, it's not uh, when, when when it's my it's my new closing joke. Um, yeah, but it's not. And what uh, what I got to explain to people especially like new vets who come out and they want to be comedians and they say something like, well, civilians don't get our, our dark sense of humor. I'm like, no, that has nothing to do with it. If you're an <laughs> asshole then you're an asshole, you know, if the joke's not funny, the joke's not funny. Yeah. And it's, it's a matter of what makes the joke funny. Is it because this person was a captain or was it this, because this person farted, you know, yeah, exactly. what is yeah. the funny part about the joke? <laughs> and you know, and and that the part the thing about that joke is it's it's not about you know the details of that joke are what make it funny, but the joke is that I'm an idiot. That's that's the, that's the punchline. The yeah. punchline is I'm a grown man. I'm a combat veteran. I own a successful business, and I'm a bloody moron. Like when that's <laughs> what it comes down to. Um, and and that. That goes for, you know, any joke that I tell. What is the funny part of the joke? Is it that the joke happened in Afghanistan or Iraq or whatever? No. Usually, if it's a good joke, it could happen in a Walmart in Burbank. Um, yeah. It's it's what I try to, you know, impart upon other young veteran comedians or older veteran comedians is, you know, you're if if you if you're just trying to make your audience laugh, you're going to fail. Because mm-hmm. the the fact of the matter is, like you walk into a comedy club, and the the press the percentage of Americans that have served in the U.S. military in recent generations is less than half a percent. It's point four percent. And if you go in with the idea of 
I'm going to make my people laugh, then you're making one half of 1% of one person in a comedy club laugh. That is a failure. That is like, that is not the, the job is to make as many people laugh as possible. And if I can, if I can move that one half of 1% a little funnier then then yeah, then that's great. But it's, um, yeah, it's just a matter of what's funny, man. What's, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that my career can bridge that gap between civilians and military and active duty and, and separated and retired that's that's the job I want to do. I want to make it funny so that everybody, regardless of whether you served or not, can laugh at the same jokes and go, oh, man, we're all in the same room laughing at the same thing. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what comedy should be. Yeah, and, and you've got it, my friend. You you appeal to everybody, and I just, you know, like I said, even a, even a backwoods hillbilly like myself here in Middle Tennessee uh, just thought it was awesome. And that was going to come to my next point. Do you make it out here to Nashville? Have you performed here? I haven't performed there. Man. I was going to go to school there. I was going to oh go to school God. in Vanderbilt. Sure. Oh, so you're a genius. Right on. Good for you. No, no. I was a, <laughs> I was a musician. Um, yeah. Uh, but the, the the army was like, come to us. And I was like, that's a good idea. That seems like it. I'll go there yeah. and do the army instead of go to school for music. Um, I've got to actually got to get to Nashville. There's a Zanies down there. Yes. Um, but I'm also an NHL fan, and I'm trying to get to a game in every arena in the league. So i got to get to yeah. a Fred game. Uh, I got some fans out there that are like, come down. Like I've we've played uh, Fort not, uh, Fort Campbell in Kentucky, mm-hmm. not not far down the street, uh, and I think we actually flew out of Nashville, but that was many years ago before we were funny or <laughs> good. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I got to get to Nashville sometime, man. Hopefully soon. Uh, I've been saying it for years, but you know, I'm I'm technically a DOD contractor when we travel across the country and across the world performing like we're doing it on at the behest of the government. So mm-hmm. when they tell me to go somewhere, I go somewhere and yeah. uh, you know, whether, whether I get to make it to a hockey game or not, the government does not, the department of defense does not care. <laughs> sure. No, no, I understand. And, and plus you would love Bridgetown as a hockey fan of myself. I mean, they, they say I've been to several other arenas, but they say Nashville is the rowdiest. And I think, I think we've pretty much got that down pat now. Okay, um, I think, cool. Yeah, I think you're and, and plus, you know, being a musician, man, Nashville's meant for you because, you know, you could you could go down here every five feet there's somewhere there's somewhere music's playing and they're doing something. And they you know, they even have yeah, a live band during the games. Yeah, you I mean we've gotta have you. That's that was one of my question. I was like, Have you made it to Nashville? I mean, you gotta bring this act. I've to been it. to Nashville. Um yeah, when I it. wanted to go to school at Vanderbilt, <laughs> yeah. uh uh-huh. I, I was I got was I sixteen or seventeen and I told my dad, um and like, hey, I'm, I want to go to school in Nashville to be a country music songwriter. And my dad's like, yeah. you know you're beating me, right? I'm like, yeah, man, I know. Yeah. So my dad was not one of those guys to tell me no. He was a, well, he, you know, my dad was a combat vet. And he was a Purple Heart, or not, not a Purple, he was a, a prisoner of war. So wow. he was one of those, like, hey, man, if you want to do it, make it happen. You know, um, he wasn't going to tell me no. But he also wasn't going to like buy yeah. me a plane ticket to Nashville, um, and I think that's one that led to one of my successes in the military and in you know in my career. But, you know, one of the best things my parents ever did to me was tell me that I wasn't shit. <laughs> oh <laughs> like, man, they're like, you, you want to make stuff happen, you go make it happen. So I was like yeah. 16 or 17, and I got on a Greyhound bus from Buffalo, New York, and oh, wow. and took a bus to Nashville to go check out the campus. And uh, and I hung out in Nashville for a couple of days. I had a I had a bitch and fake ID. 
Um, so I was like going to the bars when I was really young. Um, it was a great fake ID. It was, I don't to this day I don't know how or why it worked. Um, but yeah, I hung out in Nashville. A while, and then you know, like I said, after that we I've flown into and out of Nashville. Um, but I man, it's gotta be twenty plus. It's over twenty years now since I've been there. So I gotta get back there. I got you. Yeah. Well, if there's any way I can help you, if I can pass your information along to the the one nightclub we have, uh, let me know because we, like I said, we'd love to have you. Um, you know, as soon as possible. I think everybody would take to you well here. I think you'd fit in. And and plus, you said Vietnamese. You know, we don't have any Vietnamese uh, country artists that I can think of off the top of my head. <laughs> I know. I was yeah. like the one Vietnamese country radio DJ for like a lot of years. Oh, that is so great. Um, yeah. And then, then my boss decided to hire another one. I was like, well, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, I, this isn't special for me anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's not special anymore. Um, like, oh. Well, yeah, going from this, I mean, you have a podcast too. Can you talk about it? It would be like the last thing we talk about. I know you got stuff going on. I would just bring it up for everybody. Oh, yeah. I, I got a show called The Sex Jokes and Rock and Roll Show. Yeah, it's uh, a great name. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's a play off of the old saying, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Um, I'm not a drug guy. I never have been. Um, but. You know, I like sex and I like comedy yeah. and I like rock and roll. Heck so yeah. it's a podcast about just the stuff that I love. And I have guests on who talk about the stuff they love, like uh, porn stars on, talk about video games. And I'll have, like, I just <laughs> had my buddy Earl Skakel on the other day. He's a right big on. hockey fan. Yeah. So uh, he's, a, he's a very funny comic. He's on that show, The Jellies, actually. His episode just came out this week. And, and we, you know, we've spent uh, part of the time talking comedy, part of the time talking hockey, part of the time talking rock and roll. And, um, the most fun about that show is that I get to listen to people who love the thing they love. And, uh, when, you know, listening to somebody be excited about whatever it is that, that gets them all groovy. That's, uh, that's it, man. That's, that's the thing I love doing. I love listening to people just dig on whatever it is they dig on. I know it's awesome. It's interesting to, to, to learn from people as well, just to hear what they got going on and what they've been through. Um, but anyway, like I said, that's me listening to you. I just, I enjoy you. I, I enjoy your intellect and I think you're a brilliant comedian. And like I said, uh, thank you so much for serving our country. And it was a, it was truly a treat. And if I can do anything to help you get you down to Nashville so we can see you live, you just, you let me know. Yeah, man. Uh, I got some things coming up this year. Um, I, I've got some career moves happening and I think I'm going to be able to get in, hopefully, hopefully cross my fingers, get in with, uh, uh, the folks at Zanies, and when that happens, I'll, I'll let you know, and then, um, you know, bring some people out. This week's podcast, we're saluting our vets. Veterans Day is upon us, and nothing gives me greater joy and honor than to uh, say thank you to those who serve. A uh, gentleman who co-hosted with me a lot, one of the funniest guys I know on planet Earth, uh, comedian Brandon Skelton, the uh, church comedian. He is now... Uh, has on YouTube, right? You finally made the. Did you get the mark for YouTube followers? I, I have. I have met the mark. So uh, just waiting a couple more days, and we'll make it the official channel name. That's awesome. We're just waiting on the Twitter guy. Can't find him. He hasn't posted since 2014. I tried to hunt him down, but uh, Brandon, aside from being a hilarious stand-up comic, he also is the manager at the gym I work at, uh, Planet Fitness, on the weekends. There's a plug there if you guys want to advertise. 
and um, he he's a pastor and a teacher, and he uh, supports the troops and loves them just as much as I do. And he's got a couple of things he's going to tell us uh, as far as your father. You want to start off? Your dad served, right? Yes, my dad is a marine because, yeah. as we always know, you know, once marine, always marine. Yeah. So uh, my dad's marine, huge influence in my life. He is my hero. I'm glad to see you know my, my dad is my hero. I call him the goat, uh, which means greatest <laughs> of all time. And uh, one of the reasons for that is. Uh, I, I will tell folks, I will argue any day of the week that Tom Brady is not the GOAT yeah. uh, because <laughs> my dad has actually beat cancer twice. Oh, my gosh. And Tom Brady can't even beat the Giants once. <laughs> so <laughs> check one for dad, yeah. uh, the true GOAT. But also, too, um, I say he served served in the Marines. Uh, when he was in high school his senior year, he actually enlisted uh, while we were still in Vietnam, he had a couple brothers who served uh, in Vietnam as well, and and led led units uh, in in the military. But signed up. Uh, but by the time he graduated high school, finished out his senior year, is when the U.S. Uh, pulled back from being in Vietnam. But of course, went on and uh, did his basic training at Paris Island. And of course, you know. Did, this, this, the stories he tells of that is just uh, unbelievable, the things that went through. just. But it makes sense now why he can physically and just mentally power through anything uh, because of what he endured uh, during that time. I mean, the guy's, the guy's in his 60s, and I'm in my 30s, but I would not fight him. Uh, you know, not even right when he was a year and a half into chemotherapy, I would not fight that guy. Yeah, wouldn't even yell at him from a distance, would you? <laughs> no. And I've I've met your dad on several occasions and been to your church. And, and let me say, uh, you couldn't find a nicer human being, too. I mean, like I said, he's, he's a great man. He'll greet you at the door, makes you feel just comfortable. I mean, he's my kind of guy. And now that, you know, I never, you know, obviously you're right off the bat, you don't say, hey, did you serve? But now that I know he did, I mean, I've, I've respected him to the pinnacle, but that's just an extra notch on the belt. Just he's a, he's a great human being, and now that I know he could kill me just by looking at me. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. It was it was a, a, a neat experience for me. Just um, it's probably about ten years ago, we did a family vacation, and part of the trip was we went back to Paris Island, and that was the first time he'd been there since leaving uh, his you know basic training. And it was it was an awesome experience. To get to drive around, seeing seeing everyone in training. I mean, it is it's one of those moments that increases that respect for military even more when you see what these guys go through day in day out to prepare themselves to protect us. So yeah. I'm thankful my dad took me there. Yeah, the coolest people ever, man. I just I just look at them and think, man, what they've been through and everything. And uh, not only with that, but I mean, being a teacher, you must have uh, you must have several students that have joined the armed forces. Do you, do you know any of any that have done that or coach? You coached as well, right? Yes, I've had um, several several that's gone on, several that's actively uh, you know enlisted and in, in, in the military. And it's it's been awesome seeing these young men. You know, had the opportunity to coach them and then see them go on to the military and to see how the military has shaped them into just being great citizens and and soldiers and just people in our community that, that give back. Uh, you know, it's funny. One of one of the guys who um, is currently serving, his name was uh, Travion, and I, I won't give last name, but um, first time I actually met him was not on the football field. But my wife called me. I was I was not at the house. She called me. And she said there is someone circling our house and banging on the back windows. So I pull up and here's this young man running out from behind my house. So we, <laughs> you know, I'm like, hey, have you been beating on my windows? Oh no, sir. And then he just like took off. Well, then the next day I go to practice. It was the first day of summer practice. Here this kid comes walking up, and I was like, hey, uh, I, I think I met you last night. And you just see his 
he just he just flushes out and he's like, oh, and I was yeah. like, yeah, you was at my house last night, and uh, but he was he was definitely a young man who was if he ever got into the wrong crowd that could influence him to be one that would that would make decisions that was not the best. But I watched him through high school, through coaching him, turn into this a really great young man. And then once he graduated, enlisted in the Army, and of course now serves. Uh, but there's several guys, um, a gentleman by the name of Hayden, a gentleman by the name of Michael. These are all guys who had that opportunity to teach and coach and then see them go on and, and serve our country as well. I'm very thankful for those young men. And do you think because they went through your coaching and teaching, it made it easier for them to go through basic training? <laughs> Well, you know, actually, the uh, I, when I first started coaching, I coached the way I was coached, which was very intense. Um, my wife would sit in on practices, and she's just like, uh, are you really that angry? I'm like, no, not at all. I'm just trying to light a little fire in these men. So they'd be like, you know, if that jerk over there says I can't do it, I'm going to do it just to prove him wrong. So, um, you know, it was I say just coaching the way I coach, but, of course, I know now you probably can't do that. You're supposed to hug the kids and give them roses. But, uh, <laughs> give, them, give them a stress card. <laughs> yeah, give them a stress card. But, um, but no, I mean, but it, it's it's kind of neat. How, I think, I think you know, as coaches, they get, we get the opportunity to really instill some discipline in kids. And then, of course, just being used to someone pushing you uh, even when you want to quit. So Yeah. And you've got that good mentality. I'm not saying this to kiss your butt because you're my boss, but at work, too, you see the silver lining in all of our clouds, so. <laughs> yeah, hey, we try to. We try to find um, it. And, and with that, you know, like I said, we're, we're talking about vests and everything, but as a comedian, I know, and, and a church comedian, you do a lot of charity and stuff for benefits, like churches and everything. Do you do a comedy like to support troops or vets or anything? Uh, I have. Uh, actually, last year, it was around this time, uh, we did a um, benefit show for our local uh, American Legion, so any vets that wanted to come, it was free of charge. Any uh, members from the public that wanted to come, We'll just pay, you know, 10 bucks, and then all the money we raised from that uh, went to our, our local American Legion. So uh, cool. that was that was a neat thing. I'd love, love to do more of those kind of events right. and tag in and say just, a, you know, something to give back. So. Yeah. All right, uh, give them all your, uh, your socials. How can they find you if they want to watch your comedy styling? Well, uh, I've got a YouTube channel going, so if you just look up the church comedian, Brandon Skelton, you can find several clips on there, and then, of course, Facebook and Instagram. Um uh, the, the handle there is the church comedian and still waiting to get Twitter yeah. uh, one day. He's missing in action. Missing in action. Yeah, so. can't even send him a message. 2014 is a long time ago. Yes, sir. But yeah, we're out there. So I'd love, love for you guys to stop by and yeah. check it out. So. And thank you for uh, for Mister uh, your dad, Mr. Skelton. What was his ranking? You know, he, he served, he did about two, three years, and it, I don't know if he really um, did much ranking beyond that. So I'm not, I've never even asked him to what level it, it went with. Just goat, goat skeleton. Goat yeah. skeleton, yeah. We, that's, that's his official name. Awesome. All right, we're out of here. Thank you. Next up on the Uncharted podcast is former Marine turned country singing sensation Adam Warner. Recently had a big showcase in Nashville. We'll be discussing that. We'll also be talking about the song he has that shows honor to the troops that was written by Trace Atkins. And Trace even lends his talent on the song to doing a song for the Tennessee Titans. That's right here coming up next. Thank you for your service. Uh, this, this Veterans Week, we're saluting our troops and just thank you for everything you've done. To Oh, man, I appreciate that. That means a lot. I, I really do appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, and another thing is awesome. Your voice matches your songs. That's really, really cool. You don't sound like you have to strain too much when you perform. No, man. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, it's uh, kind of got that baritone thing going on, but 
makes it easy for me to sing too. So I ain't got it. Yeah, right on. So uh, tell us about this showcase you just had. This must have been a great big thing, my friend. It was, man. Like I, I can't tell you how uh, blessed we were. Really, uh, it couldn't have gone off any better uh, for a Tuesday. You know, downtown Nashville at six o'clock. Um, I think we ended up with a little over 150 people that showed up, and uh, man, it just it went off without a hitch. I, I really couldn't have uh, asked for anything better than how it turned out. It was great. Third Monthly's one of my favorite venues to play at. That's in town. Uh, they always have a great sound system, great sound engineers working there, just a good staff and. Uh, and it's just a fun, it's a fun venue, man. It's, a, it's, I, I, like I said, one of my favorite places to play. And uh, we had a great audience last night. Everybody was real full of energy, which also helps us put out a lot of energy on stage. And uh, man, just uh, couldn't ask for anything better, really. Yeah, man, that, that is so awesome, and I'm glad because, like I said, I've watched all your videos, and everybody's taken to you very well. And I mean. You're touring with a lot of big name guys, and you just cut a song with Trace Atkins, didn't you, in support of the troops? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, Trace, I went on tour with Trace, and uh, he had previously recorded this song, and uh, I was uh, about halfway joking around with him uh, about it, and uh, was just kind of like, man, you know what? We should, you should let me record that song. Me and you need to sing and do that one together. And he just was kind of like, all right. <laughs> I, I was like, all right, really? Yeah. I don't care. That was pretty much a whole conversation about it. And uh, I went into the studio and we started working on it because, again, like it was one of those songs that uh, I loved the production and the, the way he cut it originally. And uh, I didn't really, I wanted it to be different. But I also wanted to have that same emotion and and production behind it that that he and his team put into it, just because it's just you know it's hard to make a great song uh, better. You know what I'm saying? All I wanted to do was make sure I did it justice. And uh, he just basically said, "Go ahead and get it laid down and send it to me when you think it's done." If there's anything I hear that just sticks out to me, you know, we'll cross that bridge. So we went in and knocked it out. He was just like, well, when do you want to do vocals? And, uh, yeah. oh, cool, so he liked it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we went and recut it together, and it won Independent Country Music Song of the Year this year, so I was real proud of that. That's just, awesome, uh, man. It, yeah, it, man. It, it should win the ACM, ACMA as well, so you probably got that to look forward to, too. <laughs> I hope so, man. That'd be amazing. Uh I just, and you know, just, and also being a former Marine, that song just, uh, just, you know, it really means a lot to me it, it just in general. So I think um, performance wise and just the way it turned out, I, I just feel like that's the, the song, you know, has all that in it. So, uh, I mean, it was just, it was an honor to be able to do it. And, uh, you know, I'm pretty sure they play that song every Sunday uh, down at Paris Island at the book where. Uh, the Marine that uh, recruits go through, uh, through boot camp. So that's also another really cool thing that I was like, oh man, that's nuts. That's cool. I've had, yeah. <laughs> I've run into Marines out of boot camp and they're like, hey man, I hear your song every Sunday. And I'm just like, no, I didn't even know that until recently. So I was 
was pretty pumped about that too. Yeah, shoot, yeah, and it's one of them songs that'll put goosebumps on top of your goosebumps, and you you did it really well, and it's a, you know you just hear the meaning behind it, and and people gravitate to it in a good way, and I think it's going to give you a lot of success for many years to come. So good Thank job you on you for making that decision. I appreciate um, it. Speaking of Sundays, you're, you're involved with the Titans as well, which is freaking awesome, even though they're kind of like laying low in the wins column now. But uh, they really that. <laughs> Yeah, so um, I, uh, I kind of heard through the rumor mill that they uh, were looking for a new song uh, for their fan experience. And uh, basically a song for when the visiting team would come out onto the field. And uh, I just had the idea. I'm out playing sports, you know growing up and whatnot, I felt like every football coach I ever had was, you know, this is our house, we protect this house type of thing. Yeah. That kind of got me thinking, and I was just like, yeah, well, I think I could write something like that. So I came up with the title, uh, Welcome to the South, um, since they wanted a, you know, song to welcome teams to the the Nissan Stadium. And uh, I wrote that song uh, with my buddy, uh, Trafton Harvey, Quinn Loggins, and uh, man, it's just kind of one of those things that uh, I, I wish I could say it was like we put a whole bunch of time and effort into it, but it kind of just wrote itself once we got going on it. And yeah, an hour and a half, two hours went by, and it was done. And I was just kind of like, well, either they're gonna like it or they're gonna say it's not good. So, yeah, uh, uh, well, uh, you know, not just speaking with you, but uh, several songwriters that I spoke to in the past and stuff. They say some of the best songs ever written just just come out of you kind of organically like that. Just just as simple as I'll get out, just flows right out of your system. So I mean yeah. that was a testimony to it. So you know you either got it or you don't. I just think you got it. So you're in good shape there. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, it was just kind of uh, that was a real fun one to write because it was almost like I would say a line, and then Trafton would say a line, and then Quinn would say a line, and it just like kind of went back and forth like that. I'd be like, oh, that's cool. We should say this next, and then. So, yeah, I like, what about this? And then just kind of like, you know, a couple hours go by, and I was like, well, I think it's done. <laughs> yeah. But, um, <laughs> well, uh, uh, are you got any shows or anything coming up to for Veterans Day for, for your fellow? Uh, yeah, man, uh, we're working on that right now, actually. Uh, I've, every year it seems like I always have something going on right around that time. Um, I'm really trying to go back uh, to Paris Island. Uh, for the Marine Corps birthday, they've invited me to be a guest wow. uh, for their uh, for the ball, and I would love to go um, just because it's been been it's been a little bit since I've been to one. Uh-huh. Uh, but man, I, I, I'm hoping so. I'm trying to get that in the uh, schedule. I got a show tonight uh, downtown. Uh-huh. Um, another showcase type of thing. Cool. And uh, but. Yeah, man, we're just uh, it's a it's a process, man. It's a grind, no doubt. But um, I'm really gonna try to. I'd really love to go to uh, to Paris Island and spend the Veterans Day and uh, Marine Corps birthday there. Shoot, yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Well, hey, my brother, listen, God bless you, and once again, thank you so much for for uh, you know fighting for our freedom and serving our country. And you're an excellent singer songwriter, and nothing but big things. And I hope when you blow up and get, you know, all the way to the top, you'll talk to us again, maybe. Absolutely, man. I appreciate y'all even thinking about having me on, so. (laughs) 
Once again, I'd like to thank you all for listening to the new Josh Belcher Uncharted podcast. Same podcast, same team, new name. This was our Veterans Day salute in honor of Veterans Day coming up this Monday, November 11th. We'd like to say thank you once again to all the service men and women in uniform and veterans for laying it on the line so we could live here in the greatest country in the world freely, the United States America. Special thanks to all my guests, all the fine folks at Gibson, uh, Guitars for Vets. We had Sully Erna from Godsmack, Charlie Daniels Band. We got comedian Tom Tram. Uh, Brandon Skelton was on there for a little bit talking about his dad who served as a Marine. Uh, we thank you very much for everything. You keep listening to these podcasts and I'm going to keep making them. If you know anybody that would be a good guest, have them hit me up at joshbelcher at hotmail.com. You remember, I love you for you where you're at in life. God bless America. Thank you to all our men and women that serve. Happy Veterans Day. We'll catch you next week. Thank you. He's got um, a brand new album out called Here I Am. It's got some of the old classic Chicago hits on it, some of the classic chef hits, and brand new material. So that's something cool to talk about. It's uh, produced by Jada Marcus and Rascal Flatts. Oh my so, gosh, that is so cool. Yeah, let's let's go and get started about that. Tell us about that album. First of all, it's awesome to have you in Nashville for this, such this great thing with James Burton. Uh, what made you decide to, uh, to to add your talents to such an event? Well, we've been, you know, we're, we have such an incredible connection because, uh, you know, my father is Jerry Chef, who was the bass player in the TCB band. So yeah. all through the, the Vegas years, my dad and Ronnie and all those guys, they grew, they really spent the time with him, um, you know. And so now when I, I get called for anything from the Burtons or any of these guys, I'm there for them because they're like uncles, you know. They're relatives that I didn't really spend a lot of time with, but they were so close with my father that there's that, that bond. So... And then what they're doing is just incredible, you know, uh, paying it forward to kids because that's the that's the time and the age where you're either going to go in one direction or the other. And so I'm really all about trying to be there for uh, for for kids, especially in those transitional years. Yeah, that's awesome. And as you mentioned, that new album that's got me so excited. Thinking about uh, he said a mix with the old and the new. Can you talk about this new project and, and everything? Yeah, Jay Demarcus. The day came in 2003 where, you know, I had always felt, okay, I, you know, I contributed some of the biggest hits of uh, the band's career, Chicago, and done a ton of touring, but I really always felt like I, you know, came in and replaced an icon, and that was my role forever, and it's part of it, and it's, and I'm so proud of that, but all of a sudden, Jay DeMarcus reaches out to me in 2003, and that's the next generation, he's 10 years younger than me, saying, uh, I'm, I, Chicago's the reason that I play music and I've particularly followed you and so I went whoa here's my my era and my part of the legacy and I befriended him and and came out to Nashville and went and heard these guys and went really so I'm in your DNA and he's like absolutely so our friendship developed and and got to the point where in 2006 I think it was the opportunity to make a Chicago record happen which hadn't happened and I think 16 years or so and it was my relationship with Jay DeMarcus and all that activity that that was the fire starter and I went wow look at this that I'm able to really bring to the table Jay produced the record Chicago 30 and right on the heels of that he said let's make a solo record we started it 
Um, and I, I was the recipient of what I call Rascal Flatts foul tips, right? Because <laughs> you can only put a, a certain amount of songs on a record, and they were, they had become the biggest, not only the biggest country band in the world, but one of the biggest groups in the world. Yeah. So every every publisher and writer was trying to get to Rascal Flatts. It reminded me of the day I joined Chicago on uh, the heels of, of 17 with You're the Inspiration, Hard Habit to Break, Hard to Say I'm Sorry. All over the airwaves, every writer and, and uh, publisher wanted to get to us. So I felt that feeling again. And we hadn't recorded, like I said, hadn't recorded in ages. It was kind of over for us. But Jay and their success really brought the opportunity. Boom, we got in and, and cut. Um, like I said, started this album. And then I said, you know, I was just touring too much. And I said, I'm not interested in, in let's just put this down. Well, come whatever it was, 12, 13 years later, you know, I had to come home uh, from some family stuff, you know, in 2016. And so I was taking care of my, my family, and, and Jay, about a year later, says, why don't we dust off the record and see what's going on with that? And saw about five tunes that were really still ready and finished them, and then started with Will You Still Love Me, you know, because it was just kind of Jay's fantasy to record that song we weren't <laughs> trying to think about making a record or anything but it turned out so great yeah. that um, we said let's do another one so the next thing you know we had five cuts the ones that I was involved in Will You Still Love Me uh, What Kind of Man Would I Be I co-wrote um, Look Away you know which was song of the year in 2000, uh, 1989 mm -hmm. Billboard and then a couple that I just had been doing over uh, 30 years Hard to Say I'm Sorry and, and uh, Feeling Stronger Every Day so we finished it. It was released a couple days ago, and it's just so cool to have something out new. Yeah. His team, to Derek Basin, who's you know made every Carrie Underwood record, Luke Bryan, most of Rascal Flatts, he mixed the record, recorded a good portion of it. So I've got as good as it gets, you know, as yeah. far as the team. That's so awesome. Hey, like I said, you enhanced Chicago. You said you were filling shoes. You made Chicago. I well, mean, you know, yeah. I, I know that now. And it's funny because, you, you know, when I got the opportunity, if you were to paint that paint that up and map it out and say, this is what's going to happen, and you go, it's impossible. Yeah. That group, I grew up on that group and that legacy and that voice, Peter Cetera, and it's impossible. But something happened when I walked in on the first day to record that it felt comfortable. I talked to other people who have crossed that threshold and become world class, you know, in, in sports and, and a lot of talent out there, but there's something that happens that you just feel comfortable with it or not. And I just, for some weird reason, there's David Foster across the glass staring me down and I, it relaxed me. And so, rest is history. It's like, get used to it. Yeah. This is your life. So it's and been now great. You're, yeah, now you're rocking tonight. Well, hey, yeah. thank you so much. It's an honor just to be in the same, uh, same room oh, with you. Oh, no, man. Glad to hey, have you. this is my son, Connor. Hey, hey Ron. Connor, you play too? Yeah. 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 How you doing? How he's good? an incredible musician. He's going to play 25 or 64 with me tonight. He's going to play bass. Really? Heck yeah. And he's, you know, he's playing. My, my other son just got signed to Interscope. Wow. Connor's going to be probably touring with him. I'm going to steal him when I can, but my other son is starting to take off. So that's Jerry Sheff's lineage. You that's know, awesome. He's yeah. bass player right here, yeah. man. That's great, Next man. That's too cool. That's awesome. You're going to be rocking tonight. What, what do you like to play on? What, what's your? Are you like a four-string or you go more? Four-string. Yeah. Traditional. Yeah. Look at He's that. He's it. Yeah. yeah. Just running down the board. Now, do you use pick or are you just straight finger? Are you both? Depends. Yeah. yeah. I guess it depends on what I'm playing. That's cool. Hey, dude, I'm looking forward to watching you jam. That's got to be your favorites. Uh, Who's like some of your favorite bands? Bands? Yeah. 
Um, Who you got growing, in growing up? Right now? Growing up, it was the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah. Like, oh, Flea. Yeah. So you're a Flea guy, yeah? Yeah. That was my... I got a picture of him that was signed one Christmas and started crying. <laughs> sure. So, so he was the biggest inspiration. But now... Now... Um, I'm really into like R&B. Right on. Cool. D'Angelo's Voodoo yeah. album. Yeah. One of the... Uh, I haven't heard that one. Yeah. Oh. oh my God. Pino Palladino mm-hmm. playing bass and Questlove on drums and it's oh, yeah, 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 one yeah. of the greatest. Um, do you spend a lot of time in Nashville? No. No, we saying, moved back to Illinois. Yeah, Victor Wooten does it. Oh, like, oh, regular. Camp. You had yeah, the, the, the Washington Victor. Wilderness Camp. Johnny, we went to his camp. Cool. Yeah. Victor. Is he not incredible? He's, oh his son's God. really good too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, that's awesome, guys. Hey, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing you rocking, and, and thank you for being here with us, too, man. It's awesome. We're glad to have you here in Nashville. Jason, can I get a picture of you guys? Of course, yeah. man. What's up? Feel free to take you know, Just CBD. Just yeah, he just he gave us some. He said, just don't eat it because it didn't have the same effect, but you can use it for sore muscles and whatever. All right. Can I open it? Yeah, yeah sure. This is, he just gave it to us, and it's for everybody. Um, but while you open the CBD oil, let's talk about your career. You're, you're big time. You're a little too big for our podcast, but we're glad to have you. Um, tell us about this Opry debut. That is huge. Yeah. So um, we've had a great year of touring. Yeah. Um, it's been amazing. We started out with Ben Skill, and we went touring um, in the spring with Kenny Chesney, and then spent the summer with Zach Brown Band, and I just finished with Trisha Yearwood. So it's been an amazing year of of uh, opening up different tours. And then this um, Saturday, I kind of get to to end out the year on a high with my Opry debut, which is really exciting. You just, you're just, the way you're, it's like the, you keep climbing the mountain, and then when you think you get to the top, there's like one extra thing there. That's, that is too cool, and like all these people you're performing with is not too shabby. So, um, I'm here with Mr. Burton. What made you decide to lend your talents tonight for such a big cause? And like, everybody in this room, like, they're living and breathing legends, so that means yeah. they think you're going to be in line to be the next. Well, so it was a no-brainer for me. I mean, I'm still, I can't believe I'm here, you know? I'm kind of pinching myself. Um, these are my musical heroes. I mean, I uh, I take musicianship really seriously. It's a huge part of, of my craft. Um, obviously, I love singing. I love performing. I love writing songs. But I also love playing instruments. And um, I really respect the studio musicians in Nashville. I really respect the legacy of musicianship that um, is very unique to country music. And um, so these people mean a lot to me. I mean, these are people that I've studied for years and then being able to soak them up in person and seeing how decades and decades into their career they still have that like childlike passion for music and for playing the guitar and for soloing and for passing around you know different melodies and it's just so so inspiring yeah like I say, we're looking forward to hearing you sing now. Like I said, to have to have a you know a newcomer that's rising for to get to invited to this. I mean, yeah. you must have the pipes. You must be able to really. Do oh, thank you. There. It's going to be fun. It's going to be really, really yeah. fun. So, are you resident now? Are you from this area? Where are you from? I'm originally from Connecticut. Right on. Yeah. Yeah, up there. I was and, uh, oh, up. I was like, <laughs> to the ceiling. I'm thinking map. So yeah, right on. Yeah, I'm originally from <laughs> Connecticut, and then the past few years I've lived back and forth between here and Florida. Wow, so, what a yeah, change. Yeah. Connecticut. So, is there a big uh, reception? I don't know what you would call it. Like, like, uh, is there like a big following of country music up north that far? Actually, you'd be surprised. I mean, I didn't li- grow up listening to country music, so I can't say that there was a following um, necessarily where I was, but I was really surprised when I started touring with Zach Brown Band yeah. and Kenny, like how huge country tours are in the northeast. Yeah. Like, 
Zach tours more in the Northeast than in the South. Really? Yeah, he can fill up venues in like multiple um, cities in each state in the Northeast. Um, it's really interesting, and so can Kenny. I mean, these people are selling out multiple nights at Gillette Stadium. Like in Boston is a huge market for country music. Like upstate New York is a huge market for country music. So that was kind of cool. Um, cool to see and a little bit surprising because I grew up in that area and I didn't even really know. Yeah. Well, one thing I like about it, you know, being, we're from the Nashville Franklin area, is that I think now country means country, not just right. country folks, but it's everybody is welcome to it because, you know, having this podcast, I've talked to people everywhere that come from all walks of life, Canadians, whatever, yeah. that are susceptible to it. And I'm just glad to see the legacy continue to grow. Because you often, you know, you worry, like, when George Jones sang, who's going to fill their shoes? Like, where's it going to go? Yeah. And, like, here you are. We get to hear you sing, which I'm looking forward to. You're Chris Stapleton's and people like that. So I, I really don't think it matters where you're from. It's just if your heart and soul's into it. Oh, for sure. And, and music is a legacy that's constantly evolving. I mean, James Burton is a perfect example. Like, yeah. you think of, like, Mother Maybell Carter and her, her finger-picking style, and you can hear that in, in James Burton style. But then James Burton put rock and roll in country music like he's almost like solely responsible for like modern country production and country guitar and that was completely revolutionary at that time so um, artists just need to keep um, being courageous and expressing the creativity in their hearts and there will always be traditionalists they'll be purists and there'll be people pushing the boundaries and we need all of it we just need great artists yes absolutely yeah. what would you call your style um, mine's pretty country pop but I have some you know some singer songwriter roots um, and um, some rock in there. I mean, at this, in this day and age, we're all bastards. I mean, there yeah, is, there's is. no one who's who's born now who will grow up listening to one kind of music. That's it's right. over. That's like true. it will never happen again. And um, and that's a beautiful thing. It's just like now because of the internet and globalization, we're all exposed to more cultures of people, more languages, more types of food. It's um, it's actually a really beautiful thing. I think. Yeah, I agree. Well said. Yeah. Well, said. Well, that's really awesome. Anything else you want to add? Uh, what are your social medias? Uh, Caroline Jones, C-A-R-O-L-I-N-E. I'm on all the socials, and um, I just released my new EP, Chasing Me, so people can go check that out. Nice. And what singles floating around on radio? Chasing Me. It's my yeah, first. You said um, EP. <laughs> yeah, it's my first uh, charting country single, and um, I also have a song on the Chasing Me EP that features Jimmy Buffett and Kenny Chesney and wow. Mac McAnally. Yeah, yeah. So Mac McAnally. Oh, yeah, guy. I know. What a guy. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, we're glad to have you here on the ground floor and after your opera debut. Just remember us when we're like the low guys and we're waving. Yeah. You know, when you just walk by us, just remember, hey, they talked to me one time. <laughs> Thank you guys so Thank much. Thank you. Thanks for your good yeah. question. First of all, it's an honor to finally, I've never got to meet anybody from the Monkees. I feel like the coolest guy on earth right now. Grew up loving you, uh, you know, shared through the passion of my, my mom was a fan. Um, what made you decide to loan your talents tonight to such an event here in Nashville? What made me decide what? To loan your talents tonight uh, for this event here in Nashville. They asked me. <laughs> <laughs> Very simple. Uh, uh, simple as that. Yeah, I was yeah. thrilled, honored, flattered. Um, uh, I knew James, of course, for God, 40 years or 50 years now. Uh, from recording on the, uh, early monkey stuff, and um, yeah, I was, and I know a bunch of the other guys and the yeah, yeah. Uh, people that we've done. I've done charity work with a lot of the other people uh, in the show. Yeah, and you know, I my calendar was open. That was the most important thing. Mm -hmm. 
And I said, oh, yeah, I'm in. I'm there. I'll be there. We're glad to have you as soon as I saw you. I was like, everybody's surrounding him. i got to go talk to him for a little bit. Um, and I see, I see the monkeys. You guys are still doing a lot of stuff. I see you come to Franklin every so often to the Franklin Theater. Yeah. Are you all doing touring right now together? No, April. April. Mike and I, we're, we're the only two surviving. I got you. Yeah. Mike's still doing his thing. That's very, mm-hmm. very cool. Well, that's awesome, sir. Well, hey, anyway, we're glad to have you. Thank you so much for your time. Can't wait to see you rocking there up on the stage. You going to be playing? You going to be playing drums? No, no, no. Just singing this time. Just singing. I got you. All right. Well, we'll be there rooting you on. Yeah. Pleasure. You got Brian May's shirt on. He had it on last night. He told me. I had to get an extra one so together. Yeah. I got one just like that. Yeah. Fancy, huh? Yeah. First of all, uh, thank you for speaking with us. I know you've only got a couple of minutes. Thank you for putting this together. Uh, what makes them, What makes you decide to gather all your friends to come and perform such an event like this for everybody? Just something I love to do, something I've always wanted to do, bring my friends together. Mm-hmm. And my show's about James and friends. Yes, sir. And these are my friends, and uh, I am so honored, and uh, it's a blessing. That's what I mean. All the charity work stuff you do, that's the best part, you know, giving back to the kids and the troops. Just thank you for taking the dime to do that. It really means a lot to someone of your magnitude to do that, and we're just really grateful for you to be a part of that. And thank, thank you, sir. No, my first busy. show in Nashville, but... I'm honored to be here. I see. We're glad I got to have you. Mickey Dolan's here. My yes, man sir. right here behind you. Yeah, we already and said hey to him. But anyway, you have a good one, and we'll see you out there in a little bit. God bless you guys. Yes, sir. Thank you. I want a picture. I want a picture. <laughs> I want a picture. How are you, Brian? Steve. Nice to meet you. Steve, nice to meet you. This is Josh Belcher. Hey, pleasure. Nice to meet you, sir. Good to see you. I'm my co-host, Sam Madewell. How are you doing? Hey, man. How are you doing? If you want to speak, we'll get you out of the lobby. Yeah, we have Come on. I got you. Well, let me tell you, we've had the honor. You want to sit down? Yeah, we've, uh, I've interviewed you before. You are, you hold the reputation as the nicest man in Nashville. Oh, and nice. I'm Thank glad you. to see you because you are the greatest guitar player oh, in man. the world. Well, you're so mighty you. sweet. I've I'm always, glad to be here tonight for James, yeah, man. Are you kidding? Yeah, and I uh, just love to see you here. It just made me like the room because you've always been such oh, a thrill and, and just a guitar smith. I mean... What is it? What is it like just being here amongst all these people? I know, like to us, like to be able to play, we we admire you. But I know you. Some of these guys are bound to be your heroes. What is it like to get up there and just jam with them? You look around and you go, "Wow, what am I doing up here?" <laughs> the first, I was on James first, the very first one they did down in Shreveport, and I was uh, all the, all across the stage. You're seeing all these heavyweight legends, and I mean, it's it's incredible. That they, I'm actually still getting over the fact that some of these guys know my name, you know. So, but it's really great that these the level of expertise and musicianship is off the charts. I mean, you know, I just was talking to Paul Schaefer a second ago. I'm, I knew him from, I knew him before, but just yeah. incredible those guys, all these guitar gods here. You know? Yeah. Speaking of Paul Schaefer, I'm with, uh, it just made me laugh because I saw him. You, you know that new show on Seventeen, The Masked Singer. You've had to see yes. it. Yes, I've, he, I've not it. really watched it closely, but I heard he was on it. Okay. He was on it and got booted off. Obviously, he was a skeleton. But with your voice, you got to do it next year. If they asked me, I would do that. Would you? We got to get the I would do that if they they don't really know me on that show. Everybody so they, knows Steve. Warren. I don't know. I would do it the heartbeat though. Yeah. Sam, you're the guitar smith. You got anything for the greatest guy in the room here? <laughs> we, Put me on the spot. We there. look they around. There's, there's a lot of great guitar players. players. Yeah, but but you're our guy. When I saw like, you, yeah, Steve Warner's here. You did. Thank you. Do the Tony Dennis the song. There's a time for love and a time yeah. for yeah. living. Yes. So take a chance and face the wind. Yes. Yeah. A brand new life. 
brand new life. A brand new life for around the bend. Yes. I did that with Larry Carlton. You know, he produced that when I did that TV thing. Yeah. When I found out that, did was, that. that was you singing, of course, I always kind of had an idea, and then you hear the little soft music, I was like, oh, man, when I, you was icing on the cake. Bum, 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 you got it. <laughs> when they do the reboot, they're going to give you a call. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, they'll get some young dude to do it next time. <laughs> yeah, well, Mr. Warren, Hey, very good to meet you guys. Yeah, good to see you. My pleasure. Anytime. Yeah, fun. We'll catch you next time. Yes, sir. That's all right. <laughs> I promise Woo! you that. Uh, so, yeah, so we started doing some music together, and this is a song that she wrote, and uh, I couldn't be happier to sing her most. So, whenever you're ready, Miss Alley. So, this song is called When the Leaves. I'm going to explain it, it'll explain itself. <laughs> Just happy to be with friends here. Kim Rose is like home. That's what happens,
green. <laughs> so, is that what you want? Is that really what you want? Like Freebird. Oh yeah. yeah. Freebird. Yeah. Next. Right You're not gonna right? make it far here. <laughs> <laughs> we Oh man, I, we're doing original tonight, but thank you so much for everything. Oh, we're gonna do a landslide. Oh god. No, we're gonna do a. Uh, this is an original, but we, we've done these harmonies quite a bit. We're gonna do curly songs just because. Uh, I don't welcome this room, Dave Josh, we're here at Kimbrough's. Well, how do you think it's going on? Oh my gosh, I think we're having a blast listening to Adley Ray Hodson and her uh, Leah cohort Robinson. there, Leah Robinson. They're playing music. Uh, uh, Allie, in my opinion, not that it matters, is the natural, the most natural talent, untapped, that nobody's heard of yet. Just a matter of time, if the right person finds her, she's going to be music royalty. She's going to take her as far as, as, as far as you could ever imagine. Um, it's just fun watching her in these stages way back when, because like I said, it's not what you know, unfortunately, it's who you know, and if the right person finds her dude, she's going to the tippity top. And with that being said, Sam Madewell, what's the name of this song you requested they're going to play? It's an original tune. I believe if it is what I request, it's called Golden Green, which is a very good song by Leah Robinson. Oh, wow. And uh, Allie sings it? Yes. Very beautiful, very moving? Sorry, guys. It is very moving. Are you excited for it? I'm very excited. And we're at Kimbrough's Picking Parlor Franklin at Live, which is a really great place because it's a good outlet for people to play and not be judged and just to do their own thing. Very groovy place. That is correct. Yeah. All right, we're going to be quiet now and watch them do their thing. Sorry about that. Thank you. Hey, this isn't obviously the song they were going to play. And that girl, she's very attractive, but she sounds like a cat drowning. So uh, what's the name of this song, Madewell? When I Look in Your Eyes. Yeah, it just goes to show that uh, you can't have it all. She's got the looks, but it literally sounds like a cat in heat. What do you think about that, Madewell? No comment. Like, there are cats all up and down this neighborhood in Franklin yelling for mating. They, they want to mate with this unfamiliar noise. No comment. Yeah. Sounds like uh, Hugh Hefner taking a shit before he died. <laughs> Live and uncut on Uncharted Podcast to the back of Kimbrough's Picking Parlor. Everybody Woo. state your names. We have a crowd. Hi, I'm Leah Robinson. I'm Allie Ray Hodson. Alexander Travis Watson. Charlie Brown. Cam Pierce. Okay, and we're out here discussing. Sam, you said you were going to take the charge, so I'm following your lead on this one. What were you going to say, young fella? I wanted to know, uh, first of all, so Leah and Allie, how long have you guys been playing together? Ooh, interesting. Well, probably past, since past this past summer. So, I don't know, six months about? Yeah. Six months. Thereabout. Took us a while to finally make music, though. Well, there's a raw, formidable energy. It's palpable. We really enjoy it. You guys have a good duo together. The uh, combination of harmonies and the songwriting is brilliant. Uh, really good stuff. Uh, how did you guys know you had like a, uh, a good dynamic together? When did y'all know? I mean, you mentioned a little bit playing, but how did you know when you sit down you're like, oh, wow, we can really make a run at this, you know, writing and collaborating? The first time we played together very first note yeah, yeah once we got absolutely. past the bullshit of i'm not Imagine. sure if she's like 
Yeah. After she decided that I wasn't an asshole. Right on. Basically. That's good. Uh, Are you figured that out yet? No, I figured it out. She's got a heart of gold. I mean, where do you think Golden Green came from? Yeah, that song Golden Green was inspired by her fiery attitude. I love this woman, but damn. She keeps it interesting. She do. All right, what else? What else you add to the mix, Sam? Sammy knows. So, 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 what's what's your plan? What's the end game? What is the ambitions? What do you want to do? Tour the world, stay local, open for somebody, close from somebody. What's I'd, what's I'd going on? I'd be interested on? in hearing what Ali Ray has to think. I've got a lot to say on this, but I'd we're, like to we're hear excited what for both of you. We have plenty I, of time. Plenty I of am juice. open for absolutely anything that Very can good. happen. Awesome. I believe in this woman and. I love making music with her. That's it. And what's the band name? Is there a name or you just call? And I believe in babies. <laughs> like making them or just believe looking at them? Making all of, all of the above, process. Josh. All, all of, of the above. From beginning to end. That's right. Okay, let's let's teeter to that because my ADD is kicking in. Would you do a natural birth or are you ladies epidural and all that? Or would you just oh let it pop on out, pain and all? I can already tell. Yeah. I don't want to feel anything. Yeah, Backwards in the bathtub? What about you, Wisconsin girl? I would definitely try the natural. I'm, I'm, I'm going. Go bigger, go home. Yeah, because she's a hard ass. I wouldn't promise I'd she's be like quiet. A I'm pretty sure I would be. Very I could see, I could see you having the baby holding a coat like catcher style. Yeah. And just Lee's gonna be like, yeah. Cut your, cut your own umbilical cord. Um. Yeah. It's a well, game. It's we'll, a game to Leah. We'll wait a couple years. We'll see. Leah, it's a game. I got you. So okay. She's making fun of my athletic background. It's a, uh, and what, what is that? What is your athletic? Oh, I lacrosse. Would, I, Across. No, ice hockey, women's ice hockey. Wow, that's impressive. What position? Cool. I was a defenseman. Oh, yeah. were you a captain? I was actually. My, really? My, I was always assistant captain my last year. I was captain of the U19 women's Pittsburgh national bound team. That was pretty cool. That's awesome. Now, were you a scoring defenseman or were you just defending? Oh, definitely. Defenseman? I was on special teams all the way. Nice. I loved it. How would you say your athleticism transfers over into your musicianship. Transfers over into your musicianship. Well, I have to say it's helped me a lot get some really incredible opportunities. I was late coming to music and I just happened to meet people that like gave me the opportunity but I ran with it and I have to say my athletic background gave me the discipline to do it. So it's kind of been an interesting journey meeting people who are truly of the spirit of the musician because uh, organizing the discipline it's it's like I'm not used to it not being intuitive, I guess, with people. So it's been a learning experience. I've had to become a better communicator. Yeah. Nice. Especially with me. I mean, she's really had to work hard. <laughs> okay, are you both open with your feelings? Are you open with Yeah, ladies? totally. Like, I am extremely open with my feelings. Nice. And, and she's I've helping been me. teaching her. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're more reserved. I am more reserved because I do think there's a time and a place of how to say things, and I don't think it's always your best emotional, like, or sorry, I think it's not in your best interest to go with your strongest emotion and verbalize that necessarily. I think taking time and yeah, being thoughtful can be helpful. But I'm the bottom line is like I know this woman knows that I love her beyond a reason of a doubt. Yeah. Yes. So I think that helps any type of conflict that we might face because the bottom line is she knows that I love her and I want what's best for her at the end of the day, whatever that is. And she will always know how I'm feeling. Yeah, so that's helpful as well. Premonition, yeah. yeah. That's awesome. So what was I going to say? Is there any, any music in the works, any EPs, any albums you're going to record together? I am tentatively hopeful on that note. Uh, Ali Ray talks about she's down, she's ready. Um... I'm, I'm a little bit slower on the uptake. I know the kind of work and polishing it takes to have something like that. The amount of, the amount of um, 
how do you say it, pre-production that we'd need to do. Yeah. I think right now, I would say we're in the beginning stages of figuring out our sound. Allie Ray is such a strong vocalist. She brings a huge, like, sexy element, too. Yeah. And I just want to write for that <laughs> and get into it's that. You. So. Gotcha. <laughs> Thank um, you, brother. I'm working <laughs> on trying to figure that out and she's a writer too but uh because she doesn't have the songwriting background or like the schooling i do like her songs aren't necessarily in typical format so it's kind of coming to this place of me taking my hands off the wheel a bit and letting things be atypical because it does serve the song so the that's learning new. process you're yeah, learning each totally. other so okay so we're in the embryonic stages still how long you, well, you might have already mentioned it the total how long have y'all been performing together about well, performing I'd say about three months actually. Since, yeah, nice. But I've known this woman for about six months, and it was a fast friendship. And I don't have many of those, so that's that speaks volumes. I feel like we became friends fast. Pardon? Oh, it's because you wear such cool clothes. Like thank you. You're making me blush. That shirt is winking at me. Like right it is. It's like it's like carpet at your grandma's. I wish people could see this. It's a lucky shirt and it works. It makes you want to talk to them. It's my lucky charm shirt. Thank you, dear. Well, I agree with everything you say I think you guys are a ball of talent I think you're going to go to the tip of the top I was telling Sam that while you're performing you guys can captivate a crowd and I think if you get in front of the right crowds things are going to be big for you you got the look you got the you got the moves you got it all what are our social medias if people want to get a hold of you do y'all have pages, fan pages, reverb, all that? Not yet. We're getting up to that. You're catching us at the very embryonic stage. Well, like I said, Mr. Maywell here was the adamant. The embryonic stage. It's okay. Yeah, get ready so for that. Ready. So we'll, we'll make this. We'll uh, we'll continue this saga. And I recorded get ready you. for the. Um, hers is gonna be natural birth. Mine is gonna be fully Epidural. medicated to the. Now, are you gonna are you gonna have uh, have men or is it gonna be surrogates? Like you're gonna get the turkey baster. I've got a man in mind. You got a man that's going to go side of the shot. I got you. I'll let you know because it's probably going to be about 10 years. So 10 years is a good time to play. That, when that time comes, Josh, you will be the first person can I, that I let. Can I be in the room? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just said of no, course. then said of course. Of course, I want you holding my hand. <laughs> you probably break my hand. That's awesome. Can Sam be there in ten years? He might be dead. He can be the oh, kid's grandpa. I believe Sam's gonna be there. He is my rock. Your rock of Gibraltar. All right, well you heard it from the, from the girls. Any more questions, Samuel? Before we end it. You want to so, thank them for their time, or you have another question? Uh, no more questions, but I do thank you for your offer, for your time, and uh, it's been fun hearing y'all. And I think y'all killed it tonight. Thank As you. always. Look how genuine his face is. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it. All right. Well, that's a wrap. Say goodbye. Bye. Say goodbye. Bye. Everybody say oh. goodbye. Thank Bye. you, podcast Bye. world. Thank you, podcast world. Awesome. Bye. Cool.